Down. Welcome back. We are we um we are we are having a time. <laughs> we are having a time today. But you know what? It's fine. It's perfectly fine. I'm I think excited. I'm just rubbing off on you. So Miss Uber Super Duper Organized Lady is coming over to the dark side. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of myself though this morning because I, I really wanted to tackle Get cleaning off my office desk and all that good stuff and just kind of clearing out because my office then bleeds into my formal dining room and I wanted to kind of start tackling cleaning rearranging shifting my dining room from like fall to spring slash summer so I got a good jump on stuff like my office is like halfway done so I'm happy about that I I've just been trying to survive <laughs> you know surviving is important if anybody who listens actually follows along on my vlogs. I think you've experienced the last three weeks of my life just being. It's been a lot. It's been like one pummel after another of just life punching me in the face. And I'm like, and none of them are truly terrible. It's not like anyone's died. I don't have cancer, but like, man, yeah. you're really throwing me back a few steps. I mean, day. anytime things break and they cost money, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. ugh. Wasn't intended on spending that. <laughs> yeah, I actually have to. Con I've I've actually had to contemplate picking up extra shifts this month sometime. Ugh, yeah, because you got hit hard. Uh, I did get hit hard. Watch so. her vlog, <laughs> and you'll see. There's a moment where she falls. It is. I'm not gonna lie. I love how you like did the slow mo like three <laughs> times. I was like, did she do this for me? <laughs> I did that because I was like, as I was falling, I was like, of course, I'm fucking recording myself falling on my ass. Of course I Of course I but am. But the fact that you just dove into it and were like, you know this what? Is, I'm just going to give them slow-mo three times. My life is embarrassing, okay? I, it was hilarious. I, I am in my fourth decade. And yes, I'm still bitter about the doctor telling me that. And I'm just going to embrace it. Yeah, that's, that's that's all. That's that's all. You know, hey, mm -hmm. uh, quick pop quiz for people i love a long vlog and Alyssa is now doing longer vlogs i'm that girl like if i see one of my youtube faves and their vlog is like 45 minutes to like an hour and a half oh honey i'm in heaven so uh those listeners out there are you a vlog watcher number one and if you are a vlog watcher do you prefer a short vlog or a long vlog i'm just curious because i'm all about the long vlog as a vlog creator, I don't know how people make short vlogs and make them interesting. Mm, mm -hmm. Because, like, I don't know. And and I like a short vlog. I like a long vlog. But, like, I just don't know how one makes a short vlog. Every Maybe time I watch a short vlog, I feel like I need more. I always end up feeling very unsatisfied after watching like a 25-minute vlog. It mm -hmm. never, ever feels like enough. I always feel like I'm missing out on stuff. I have no idea how long this week's vlog is going to be. I have to wrap it up today. And I just don't feel like I have a ton of footage because we didn't really – I just feel like I was recovering from the Queen's Ball and yes. our epic weekend. So I don't know. I don't even know yeah. what, what there was to vlog. Like, I went to work. I'm tired. 
I read some books. <laughs> right. Week of Recovery. If anyone out there is a Bridgerton fan, you know, books or show, both, whatever. And uh, you can look at Alyssa's vlog and uh, and watch our our last episode, right? Where we talked about our experience going to the Bridgerton Experience yeah. Ball. If yeah. you have it in your area and you're a Bridgerton fan, we highly recommend you go. It was worth every penny. We had the best time. So just want to put that out there again. If the Bridgerton Experience Queens Ball is in your area or somewhere close, you know, where mm-hmm. it's drivable, go. It's, go. It was so much it was Fun. worth every penny. And I think coming out of this, this panty Rammy, like we needed, like this is what oh, yes. we needed. We needed to get dressed up and not to see our family because mm-hmm. someone's getting married or someone died or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like we needed to get dressed up for ourselves, do something for ourselves, have fun for ourselves with <sighs> our so much, friends, yes. loved ones, whatever, mm-hmm. and just enjoy our lives. Yes. And that was exactly what we needed. I feel like it was a very restoring event. Mm-hmm. It was it was wonderful. So check your local listings. <laughs> I really do hope uh, in your keep, area. Keep it rolling because it was it mm-hmm. was just such a nice. It was just such a nice thing to do. I, I feel yeah. like we all needed that breather, and we needed to just come together as strangers and be like, "You are beautiful," <laughs> and that's what it was like. Everyone was so happy. Mm-hmm. And just everyone was living their best life that night. Mm-hmm. I, I I just it was unforgettable. I Everybody I just I had a ball. Embraced it like the fact that we all bowed for the queen. We all bowed for the queen. Hesitance. We were like, oh, right. <laughs> Which I love because it's like it's like we were all in character, right? We were. It was. It was wonderful. So kudos to, I don't know whose idea was it. Was it, was it Shonda? Was it, I don't know who, whoever was like, you know what we should do to really keep this Bridgerton thing going. We should give people the experience of going to a ball. That was brilliant. I think well there's done, like an bravo. unofficial Bridgerton ball that somebody was doing in like Melbourne or something like that. I saw that pop up. Oh, really? And I was like, yeah, like keep it going guys. Like yeah. I love this idea of giving adults a place to just play and have fun and not in the context. The only time you get to do that is if somebody gets married, someone has a bar mitzvah, and then you have all the other stresses on top of it. No, this is literally just for fun. This is like prom for adults, and we need that. Like, we need just to have fun. Well, I'm going to tell you now. It's like adult summer camp. We need more adult summer camps. I would – I'm telling you, I would love life even more if I had an annual ball to look forward to. Yes. I'm serious. Like that would just light up my old lady life (laughs) if I had an annual ball that I was preparing for. So somebody out there make that happen. All right. Let's get going with our wonderful, wonderful show. Yes. So this week we are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. And that is Sad Girl Lit. Oh, I love Sad Girl Lit. Okay, define sad girl lit. Uh, I don't, it, for me, sad girl lit is like the sort of moody, not like other girl main character that's usually written by a woman um, that feels semi autobiographical, where they're just frankly depressed and living in their depression. And you get to watch them make poor decisions slash grapple with their emotional, ter- like trauma. Um, and, 
it's got this air of melancholia that, <clears throat> sorry, Rio is kicking in. And um, shout out to my asthmatics. <laughs> but like, I just, it is, it is just, it's the best. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know that's, how to, that's how to a good definition. well, but like, to me, that's what it is. It's like, you've got, and I think when you start talking about the books, mm-hmm. um, it, it'll make some sense, but it's, it's this, you know, you get, you've got all kinds of, you've got like, uh, melancholia, you've got legitimate depression, you've mm-hmm. got, you know, your millennial quarter life crisis and it's very raw and honest and harder hitting about those moments in your life or those periods in in your mental health journey um <clears throat> then maybe some other books might be yeah. about about it and it just kind of like digs in there into like that sad part yeah and and sometimes there's a happy arc sometimes there isn't sometimes it just digs into the sadness and mm-hmm. i think it's okay for people to dig into their sadness like that's okay like it's okay for you to embrace the fact that you're sad yeah um i mean you then have to come out of it and learn some healthy coping mechanisms and all that but like it's okay to embrace that moment and feel all the feels and accept all the feels and like you're totally normal to have those feels and i think that's why i like sad girl lit it's like because i've been there i've been a moody 20 something Mm -hmm. i've been a depressed teenager i've um you know, I've had all kinds of yeah. things and, and we're not alone. Um, so to me, that's, that's a great that definition. I, I think that explains it uh, for the people who may be <laughs> wondering what is sad girly, because I, I have noticed lately, especially on bookstagram, there's more talk about sad girl lit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like more articles are being written about sad girl lit as well. So a uh, very timely show as for whatever reason, the topic of sad girl lit is just kind of at the top of a lot of minds right now. So, so I think that like a lot of women mask a lot of their mental health things. And I think Mm -hmm. maybe in the last 10 ish years, you've started to see like women embracing and speaking out about, their actual emotions and feelings so that it's out there on the table now. And I don't know if it always was, there was, you kind of had to have that um, Stepfordy wife kind of take your Valium, don't have feelings, yes. smile, like everything's fine <clears throat> on the outside and don't let anybody know how much you're breaking inside. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we, we subscribe to that any as much anymore i'm sure there's pockets of people but i think there's a a cultural shift to being okay not being okay and i and i love that Mm -hmm. because then if you're okay with not being okay then there's a greater chance that you'll actually get some help yeah because as long as you're masking it you can't get help no because then you have to admit there's something going Mm -hmm. on with you and god forbid others find out and the thing that I hate the most is when people tell you, like when people find out that I, I, I have depression, anxiety, they, they're always like, oh, there's always some asshole. Oh, well, they're not an asshole, but some ignorant person that says, 
or maybe they're also an asshole that has nothing to do. One has nothing to do with the other. <laughs> but yeah. they, they'll be like, oh, but, but you don't seem depressed, but you seem so happy, but you seem da, 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 da. It's like that's because that's what you're seeing on the outside because I've learned over decades to present a face and to get through my day and to do these things because the other option is what? What is my other option? There are highly functioning people that suffer from depression. Like what's that black woman's name? The former Miss USA, the one that jumped to her, her death. Oh, I don't remember. I, I forgot her name. I think it happened last year. And then look from the outside, like she was, you know, she was a Miss USA or something like that. <laughs> she, uh, you know, practiced law for a while. She had gotten her dream job as um, one of those um, like e-award correspondent people, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, and interviewing like big people, like on the outside, she looked very happy. She was very jovial. She's gorgeous, smiled all the time, laughed all the time. And so when you're looking on the outside at her, you think that she's got it all. But mm-hmm. she had been suffering from depression for years yeah. and had had a previous suicide attempt. Um, and yeah. she jumped to her death. So we cannot just look at people and assume we know what's going on inside their minds. We do not know. You can't. And I think women in particular are trained to always be smiling. What is it? Don't you love when a man tells you to smile? Um, Listen, we, we talked about trained, this, didn't we, Alyssa? Yeah, yeah. That is we the one trained. thing. Yeah, that gets me. Whether we realize it or not, we are trained to put on the best version of ourselves for the public as much as possible. And sometimes we're also doing it for us mm-hmm. because we feel like, well, if we just fake happy, maybe the happy will just kind of come. And that's not how that works. And I think that's exactly. why I like sad girl. It is because it, it exposes the actual raw emotions that women have and makes it valid to have those emotions. Cause it always was valid, but the mm-hmm. more it's like any kind of representation, the more you see it, the more you are validated, the more you are, you know, you feel validated in yourself. Right. So like it's okay to have depressive, sad, even harmful thoughts. What's not okay is to maybe act on them, to do mm-hmm. nothing for them, to, but you know, it's okay to have them. There's, that doesn't make you broken or wrong. Mm-hmm. But being able to see that and then realize that, you know, you do need to fix that. Like, you know, you can't, it's, it's not a good way to live. And right. so you do need to find a way to cope, but that coping isn't faking. Exactly. That's exactly right. Good topic. I like it. Yeah. Well, we got deep. We, we mm. did. We did. All right. So <laughs> currently reading what we just finished. I would like to go first because go I, first. I have hit a milestone. I think in our previous episode, um, we were talking about what we cur- we're currently reading, and I was working on Tuma Sand. And I just want to report here today, and this is a big deal, folks. I want to report that I finally finished Tuma Sand. And I would also like to report that I am very unhappy <laughs> with what I read. There are times when I read a book, and I'm not jiving with it, and I'll just DNF it because nothing is hitting the mark for me. Sometimes books get a little tricky because you may not be vibing with them 100%, but there are bits and pieces that keep you reeled in. 
Mm-hmm. It could be a character or two. It could be the writing. And that's what happened with this big ass book called Tuma Sand. <laughs> I wasn't jiving with it 100%, but God darn it, the woman can write. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trick number one. Number two, there were, act- well, there were initially two characters that I was really, really invested in. And then a third one came in that I was really invested in. And so I couldn't DNF it because like every 20 or 50 or so pages, she would write something that just kind of like really hit home for me or that I just completely related to, or I just thought was just so beautifully written. So that, you know, kept me in. And I also needed, like I deeply needed to see how things played out for these three characters. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just disappointed. (laughs) So basically she tricked you. I don't she, know. <laughs> she, she tricked you into keep re- into reading by leaving enough breadcrumbs of good writing and slightly interesting characters. Right. It's but just you never <laughs> got a satisfactory ending. I feel You're like re- I'm so scared to read this, and I feel so bad because and I'm sorry about like, that because we both wanted to read this, and I and I've <laughs> I almost wanted to not say anything because you hadn't read it yet. Yeah, but I was also like, what if she says, "Damn it, why didn't you tell me this?" You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I was very conflicted about me verbalizing what I felt about this book before you actually dug into it. Or That's at least right. got halfway into it, you know? I sat so, all over um, whatever book that was. I know, and now it's I have no desire, table. and my audiobook's gone. I'm going to get into it. But uh, I don't know. I what I what From what I read of the synopsis, because we talked about this book in our episode where we were talking about some of our favorite indie publishers. Yes. And for that episode, I I read most of the synopsis. I think I also talked about it when we talked about books for women in translation, not women in translation, 12 Labor in 12 Countries. We've talked about this book at least two or three times. I'm I'm pretty sure on our episodes. And if it's bad now, I feel bad. (laughs) Right. So I just, I just feel like the. The story that I was being sold, like I sort of kind of got it, but there was so much filler stuff that that just didn't interest me. Now, here's the other tricky thing. A part of me wants to read it again. <laughs> what's, what's going on with me? The other Why? tricky, I don't, I don't know, because I feel like maybe I just missed something. I may read this again in like six months. So the other thing is. It sounds like my experience with To Paradise, but my experience with To Paradise, I couldn't tell if it was a hot mess or like a work of, of genius. Mm, well, but I still don't know how I feel. And I feel like I'm going to have to read it again. Th- this is what I'm saying. Now, here, the other funny thing is I can't wait to read what this author writes next. I've never had so many conflicting feelings and thoughts about a book, but like, I honestly can't wait to see what she writes next. <laughs> What's happening? It won't make me laugh too hard. I'm going to cough up. <laughs> Have you ever heard me say anything this crazy before about a book? And uh, nev- never. Not, not really. No. Um, no. Well, I guess now I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm also, I'm simultaneously intrigued and terrified to read this book now. Right. And I didn't put any of my um any of my tabs in, but I have a lot of pages dog eared. Like a lot. I, j- I a lot of feelings about this book and this writing. I really can't wait for you to read it. I I am dying to know. I will get there at some point. Your take though. on it. Yeah. You don't need to rush and get to it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, but um <laughs> Maybe if you read it later down, maybe I'll read it with you if you read it later down the line. If not, okay. then I'll just, you know. 
All right. Oh. So that's there. There we are. Tuma saying I finished. Oh, and that's by a person. Jolly Shree, translated by Daisy Rockwell. There you have it. All right. Um, I'm scared now. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't think I've talked about this on on the podcast. I know I've talked about it in a blog, but I read uh, Girlhood by Melissa Fabos uh, mm. not too long ago. I finished it in April sometime. And uh, this book, I know, uh, this book, I know, got a lot of buzz. We talked about it. I yes, think it did. One of our videos where we talked about books from 2021 that were on lists, like like best books of the year lists. Mm-hmm. This book is phenomenal. So this is a uh, girlhood is is like a memoir, um, and people are showing up at Naomi's house. We are just a shit show today. Um, so. Who is that? I think it's grocery delivery. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Girlhood is a philosophical treatise, uh, an anthem for women, and a searing study of the transitions into and away from girlhood and towards a chosen self. It's also, you know, somewhat of a memoir um, as you go through this collection of essays. And it was just – I need to read it. I was listening to it. Cause I was driving around doing a ton of stuff. So I wasn't really sitting down with the text and I need to go back and re read it and mark it up. She just has some wonderfully brilliant uh, statements on um, and discussions of things like consent and uh, terms I've never really thought of, but I definitely have things that I have done. And now that I have a more concrete term for it, I'm like, Oh, um, like negotiated consent. Right. Um, which I never really thought about those things that we do when we're like with a guy or mm-hmm. here and there and all the ways that women actually just negotiate consent into something that they're still uncomfortable with, but is less uncomfortable than the original thing that we wanted and how we don't just have this ease of being like, no. And the amount of... um the part that was really getting me was the the stuff that she was talking about with, um, cause she's bisexual and the emotional burden of being a woman in a cis het relationship. is just exhausting. Um, having to be a man's, um, you know, lover, emotional, like therapist, mother, friend, confidant, this, oh that, my gosh. the other thing, yes. taking care of a house, taking care of them, the emotional burden of doing that and how we do every really, day, every day, day in and, and day I, out. And I don't think that we talk about that enough, I think. And I think when we do talk about it, it gets brushed to the side by a lot of men in particular. Um, and it's, it's exhausting. And having somebody, reading somebody eloquently put into words all the frustrations you feel is just beautiful yes so i do need to go back and reread it and mark it up because this book was phenomenal i also didn't realize that she at some point was a dominatrix oh that's interesting and i and i kind of i kind of like that that. i kind of just love that and um because if there was ever a kind of sex work (laughs) you know i have always been very fascinated with people that choose to be a dominatrix i don't know what it is about that profession that I am so interested in. I would love to interview a dominatrix. I really I mean, would. I I'm just, there, when I, when I see them, I just see so much 
power. And I just, I don't know. I would, I would love to interview There's someone who's been doing that for a while. Like, emotionally attractive for me. I don't know if that makes sense as a word. Yes, it does. When I see or I read about or I hear about a dominatrix. Mm-hmm. Like that is the kind of, it's the same feeling I have when I see like beautiful Brazilian women just loving their bodies and tiny mm. babies on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want that much confidence. Yes. Yeah. I, I just want it. I want to be that happy with myself. If there's a dominatrix out there that w- would love to come on the show, to be interviewed, we would really love to talk to you. Yes, please. I think it is a fascinating career. I really do. I I, I talk about women power, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And I would I would love like I just would love to know more about like the types of clients they have and the things that they've like because you get a little bit in this because um, she does talk about things and like things that she gleans from her practice like the practice of being a dominatrix about humanity men relationships all of that i think there's a lot to be said about like and to be learned maybe not said but like learned from these interactions well there i would like to talk with someone who actually does it because i'd like to know number one how do you get into it you know how do you (laughs) maybe's gonna take notes i'm serious like how do you how do you where i get pleather like what does it actually entail because i I think I have a very commercial view of what it is. I only know from what I've seen on television. Yeah. So I would like to hear from an actual, you know, real live dominatrix. Like, what is it actually like? Yeah. And are there different pieces? All the things. Because I don't really know what it actually means to be and do that. Yeah. Outside of what is shown on television, which is very, you know, glossy. Mm-hmm. Um, and very sexy. So I would love to talk with someone. And probably not accurate in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. Um, also, if anybody has any good, like, memoirs of a dominatrix Oh, book, yes. That would be great. Um, I, would, I would love to, to dive more into that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. We did not know we were going to dominatrix. Okay. We didn't, but I, I'm here for that. All right, are we ready to dive into our sad girl lit book recommendations? I, I think two of my books will be very obvious, and I know what one is. And if you don't, if you don't choose this one, I'm actually going to be really surprised. But I'm pretty sure no, I know what I think one two is. Of them will be really. We're going to give you three books each, and I two of them are going to be really obvious, and the third one is is for a second not going to be obvious, and then I think it will become very obvious after. Okay. But you right. first. Sure. I'm going to go with one that I don't own, but I wish I did. Uh, when did I read this book? It's called Pizza Girl by. Oh, yes. I want to read that so bad. By Jean Kwong Frazier. And mm-hmm. this book came out in 2020. Uh, I think I read it last year at the beginning of the year. So Pizza Girl is about um, a two year old young woman who is working at a pizza delivery place. She's not in a good phase of her life. She's pregnant. She's got this, you know, this, this boyfriend. I mean, I guess he loves her. Um, her That's father. I, was saying. I guess I mean, he loves her. You know, they're young. You never know how these things turn out. She's grieving the death of her father. She has a very loving mother and her mm-hmm. mother's boyfriend is also very loving, but she is kind of like in the dumps, not really quite sure, you know, 
what she's going to do when this baby gets here, you know, 18 pregnant's pretty scary. And, you know, look, she's working at a pizza delivery, delivery shop, you know, not a promising career. And what happens is she becomes um, a little attached and obsessed with this uh, woman in her, not in her neighborhood, but someone she delivered a pizza to. And this woman is a new mom. Uh, I think she's like a toddler and um, she's married. And the mom's, the mom's son is in love with eating pizza, but he only wants pizza that has like pickles on it. And so when she calls the pizza shop and asks about, can you just like add pickles to it? That's the, the pizza girl is the one who makes the pizza and delivers it to the little boy. And so they form this bond. That's really strange because the pizza girl, it's like, she's looking for, I don't know, something to fill the emptiness in her. So she has just really latched on to this mother. And at Mm -hmm. the same time, the new mom, she also seems um, a bit lonely because she's also embracing the pizza girl. So it's a very strange kind of relationship that they enter into, but there's a, like a consistent underlining of sadness throughout that book. And the pizza girl makes some, weird choices with how far she decides to go with what she feels for this new mom. And she crosses some lines. Um, So it was a really good read, but pizza girl was really sad and her prospects did not look well. And you kind of worry for her all the way through this book. Is she going to be okay? (laughs) Is she going to keep the baby? Is she going to give the baby up? At one point I thought the new mom was going to take the baby. Like there were so many what ifs roaming around in my head as reading this book because pizza girl just did not seem prepared for life at all. But are was, any of us really prepared for life? Some of us are, some of us are not, but pizza girl, feel like I'm prepared for life. Well, we're getting old. So, I mean, I am old, so, but it, it was a very short book, but it felt a little heavy, but in the best way, it's a mm-hmm. great book. I want to read that one. It's only 208 way. pages. I keep thinking of other books that could be on <clears throat> this list of books. And I sent you the, there's a Goodreads list that came up when I just Googled Sad Girl Lit. Oh, did you put so it oh, in our chat? I Let me put look. it okay. in our chat for you if you want to share that uh, in the show notes for anybody who's looking for like Will other do. books. Um, and I would, I would add if it's not on there, Luster, by the way, I think Luster does fall into Sad Girl Lit because I think that a lot of that char- our main character's choices are made based on just a lot of direction and depression. I was going um, to add Luster, but I decided not to. But I don't think Luster's on that that Goodreads list, uh, but it should be. Uh, I'm going to start right at the top with the what should be the one that you know I'm going to pick first, and that is Normal People. Oh, that's uh, not what I thought for the first literally one. Okay. any Sally Rooney book is going to be a sagrolet because Sa- Sally Rooney is like our... I don't know, our queen, our current reigning monarch of sad girlness. I don't know. She is, to me, and I'm not going to argue this with anybody. I'm not taking any arguments. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear it. You can't argue with me. This just is the way it is. It's facts. Shut up. She is sad girl lit. Like, she is our, she is our goddess. Um, But like, you can't, you can't tell me it's not sad girl lit because Marianne, our lovely Marianne, is so just lost in her own self that and and so 
desperate to like feel things and degrade herself that she ends up taking this bent and being and just going into like degrading sex. Mm. Um, and I just think that's actually such a really common way to deal with as like a and as a coping mechanism because you have like degrading sex the kink and then you have degrading sex the coping mechanism mm, and those mm-hmm. are not always mutually exclusive like or, mm. is that the right way i mean it oh no, yeah they're not all like sometimes you just want to feel pain and you just want to feel all the things that you think you want to actually have that outside of like externally to validate all of your internal thoughts and she she goes there and i think that like that that is like the ultimate like checkbox of like yep this is now sad girl lit and the fact that these two characters can never quite get their shit together and like you can tell that they do really love each other but they're just not for each other and but they keep kind of cycling through each other's lives and and that is like a totally like sally rooney and the unrequited deep moving love is i mean i think that's what she plays at best yeah and uh i love it and i'm here for it because i've been there and it hits all of my heartstrings and even like i read mr salary her like little tiny like little oh the book that she had last weekend i don't know where it is right now um i need to find it it's tiny so it's probably tucked somewhere but um yeah that's like this girl who's sad and has like no mom. His, her dad's like dying. She's got to come back from the States and to live with this man that she lived with for a while at some point when like her family life screwed up and they kind of like, like he's a little older than her. Not like a lot, like it's not creepy, but like he's a little older than her. So it's like enough to be like, he's the adult and she's not really an adult mm. completely, mm-hmm. but like, totally in love with each other but not really but you can't be and all these other things and yeah that story needs to be longer um it's really unfortunate that mr salary is so short but yeah so it's like she comes back she's depressed and instead of dealing with any of her emotions she just bangs mr salary Mm, okay yeah all right that's that that actually sounds good (laughs) mr salary is pretty good um but very short so you, you want you want it to be a full length novel. Interesting. And like, no, normal people's not all about degrading sex, but I feel like that moment when she first dives into that route is like that seals her path into being like the same. Oh, I see. Like a hundred percent. Like you're like, yep, you're not this isn't a phase. You are the sad girl. Boom. <laughs> like Wow. Okay. Sometimes you make me want to read normal people, but then the feeling fades quickly. And I don't know why, but I just wanted to put that out there. What do you mean the feeling fades? I don't know. Because like, like in the moment, like right now, I want to read it. And then I'll later, I'll be like, uh, do I? <laughs> every time, every time you talk about normal people, I want to read it. And then like <laughs> hours later, I'm like, or maybe a day later, I'm like, uh, no, I don't want to read that. <laughs> maybe I'll get the audio book like one day. You need to just read it. And <clears throat> beautiful people, where are you? Or beautiful world, where are you? Not mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. the latest one, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one you might really like because it's a little different than her other books in uh, structure, and I really it feels more auto semi autobiographical than some of the other books. 
because the one character that's like this writer um she writer yes this writer feels like it's her interesting it might not be but like when you're reading it it feels like Uh, that's what everybody says Uh, every every review i've heard they say that yeah and the the letters between the two women in between Mm -hmm. um and the commentary it makes on all kinds of things from like the environment to like art to like love to all these things i i think it's i mean she's brilliant interesting i would like to see her and donna tart have a conversation frankly oh okay because i just feel like they're both incredibly intelligent women mm-hmm. and i would love to see them talking to each other i just like would like to see them in conversation talking about art and literature and all right hmm all right i'd be here for that okay. i'm gonna put that out in the i do the- like donna tart I'm going to put that out in the world. I, I want to see that in conversation. <laughs> Maybe Sally Rooney can interview Donna Tart whenever she puts out her next book. That would be cool. I don't think that the problem is I think they're both like powerhouses of female writers. And I don't think that one needs to interview the other. I feel like you would need like. I mean, they could just talk. Not like Oprah, but like you would need like a, like a mediator of like literary oprah status i don't think put them so in the room i think it's, i i like to see two giants just having a conversation i think that would be lovely what if they hate each other we're just gonna we're just gonna make up rumors now what if they hate each other oh. wouldn't that be funny would it be <laughs> i don't know i don't know i feel like it could be funny i don't know i'm just imagining scenarios in my head where you have like i'm just making join in on the speculation folks <laughs> Make your own rumor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My second book I have talked about before. It's called Creatures by Chrissy Van Meter. Mm -hmm. Such a surprising little book. Just don't pay attention to this cover because it has nothing to do with the story, which is how I passed up on this book the first time around. So what is our main character's name? Um... I don't remember her first name. I read this a while ago and, and, and the details are dicey, but you have this young girl who is um, in the care of her father because her mother has just checked out. She, I don't know. I, I forgot. I got speculation on if the mother just was not interested in being a mother or if she was dealing with her own set of mental health issues. I'm not really sure, but she's very much in and out of their lives so this young girl if i could just remember her name that would be helpful she doesn't have like any stability although she's in the care of her father her father is wild he is a party guy he's sleeping (laughs) around he's selling weed like he is like not your you know typical you know stable dad he's like a teenager in a grown man's body doing, he's like a rock star. He lives that kind of a life. So she doesn't have any rules or barriers or boundaries or anything like that. Like at home, it's kind of like a free for all. She's definitely seeing too much as someone so young. She's hearing too much. She's being exposed to entirely too much. And Mm -hmm. I think it like exasperates what she's feeling the, you know, almost like the grief of her mom because she's just gone. And also this desire to be wanted by her mom and also like wanting to be paid attention to by her dad. She's kind of dealing with a lot of emotions and she doesn't really have anyone to talk about it with. 
dad's not available because he's too busy having a good old time. And so she's doing things that she shouldn't be doing at a very young age because I think she has a lot of uh, sad energy that she's trying to redirect, but she just has no idea how to do it. And with the mom being gone so long and then popping back up here and there, it just sends her and really the entire family reeling emotionally. You know, the dad mm-hmm. really does love his, his kids, but he's just that party kind of a dude, right? He's just not, <laughs> he's just not the kind of dad that's going to be your typical, you know, like dad that you see on TV. Yeah. So she's really lacking a lot in the parental aspect. Um, and she has no one to really help her through um, her anxiety, her fears, her, her deep sadness, her feeling of abandonment. Um, and this book was way more heavy and extremely touching than I thought it was going to be. It was, it was a wonderful, surprisingly good book. I, I just, I think about it all the time and it's been like, Almost a I couple really years. need to read that one. And that cover is just so, I just, they all just all look like penises. Yeah. Yeah. And again, another short one. This book is only 200 and 241 pages. I do feel like a lot of sad girl lit is on the shorter side. And I wonder yeah. if that's because if you read like a 700 page novel about it, would it crush you? <laughs> well, there's, there's, a, is, it, yeah. is it like a little life? Like, yeah. would it just destroy you? And that's yeah. it. Oh, by the way, Sally Rooney is 31. I didn't think she was old, but I didn't know oh, quite okay. how old she was. And now I'm like, what have I done with my life? Nothing. Oh, uh, <laughs> look, let's not go down that road. Okay, 31. Wow. Makes mm. me feel better. We're both in our fourth decade now. <laughs> right. She finally got there. She finally got there. All right. The fact that there are people that were never alive in like the 80s just hurt me. Okay. Um, (laughs) Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it. (laughs) Sometimes I think about our friend Emma and I'm like, oh yeah, surely. And then I remember that she wasn't even born in the 90s. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, she must know this song. No. 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 She wasn't even a glimmer. No. Yeah. Like the just sperm wasn't even made Right yet. over her head. She doesn't know. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, God. Sorry. Old lady moments. Um, this one's the one that I... You're, yes! Yeah. I knew okay. you are going to talk about that one. So probably the most predictable is going to be My Year of Rest and Relaxation, for those of you who can't see me holding it up in the video, by Otessa Moshveg. And I mean, I, I talked about this so much, and I think this is like a quintessential, especially like white millennial upper middle class girl mm-hmm. sad girl lit book but I mean I just remember being like 25 living in well I was still living in Manhattan at the time uh, but I remember being young in my 20s living in Manhattan not really having direction but like having been set up to be incredibly successful or the potential to be incredibly successful and just kind of the general malaise of how do I even do all of this? Do I want to do all this? What is all this? And like, I mean, I didn't go down a route of just taking all the drugs in the world, but (laughs) that was nuts. 
but there's definitely like I've had those thoughts where you like you wish you could just take a year off basically be comatose or whatever just like disconnect completely from every stimuli every everything and just almost like what are those tanks you sit in that I can't sit in because I'm claustrophobic those, I know you're those water about. tanks mm-hmm. you know like you just kind of want to like like can I do that for like a year and can then can I come back out and like maybe then I'll want to deal with all these things oh right? god and, I have thoughts <laughs> what what because you know I read this book right and I was like this sounds terrible to me like <laughs> like I would I, I had so many like out loud snarky so bad for the comments friend, about she was this so book. Mean to her friend, she was so mean to her friend. That friend was irritating. Yes, but she was so mean to her though. Well, she should be less irritating. <laughs> I couldn't take that friend. You know, she's like a hanger on. You know what I mean? She secretly is like kind of jealous of her. She wants what she has. She was very the irritating. Only person other than that dude that ever even. I would rather have no one <laughs> than that girl. I would rather have no one. She was like at the height of irritation for me. Yeah. Yeah. But as she's talking about like checking out, you know, for this year, just being, you know, on drugs that just allow her to sleep. I'm like, this sounds like a fucking terrible idea. Why would you want to do this? I've never talked out loud so much for a book. It was, I don't know. And I still am like trying to like sort out my feelings about that book. Cause her little, some stuff was like, is she racist? I was very confused about a lot of things. The whole book, like I, I'm not, I, every, okay. There's a lot of things to not like about the book. That's, not part of our discussion uh, <laughs> i just related to the general feelings of the story because like i've been there like i've been so depressed that i just kind of want to like hide mm-hmm. and not deal with any of the stuff and if i could take a year and just not do anything i would there have been many times where i've, I've been that low where i'm just like nope but i don't see, want to I've- engage with life at all. I don't want to die. But I feel but like I don't want to engage with humanity at all. How many times do I tell you, Naomi, I just want to build a year in the woods and yes. become a hermit and that's yes, the end of it? You, you do say that. But like she wanted to be asleep. Yeah, I know. Every day. Like for a year. But it's escapism. It's 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 not having like the mental bandwidth to deal with anything. That thought of being asleep for a year made me feel mentally trapped it like almost sent me into an anxiety attack thinking about that that does not sound relaxing to me that's why i like this book because it was such opposition for what i was thinking and how she was trying to like justify like fixing herself the thought of being asleep for a year almost sends me into like real life anxiety i cannot imagine doing that that's so, that's, for me, that's the opposite of relaxing. Also, I was like the whole time, this girl needs real therapy because these that crap pots are going to. was a crim- it's like criminal <sighs> level. And it. A crack pot. But it's such a good book. I like, I. It is a good book. It, it you is can a good say, book. You can pick on things and you can make them issues or you can just look at it as a whole and like realize that 
you are feeling all all sorts of feels while reading this book. That's why I liked it. I liked it. And I like it because I keep questioning it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Sometimes I like being, you know, agitated by a book in that way. And and none of the characters are particularly likable. No. And that's not the point. <laughs> no, not at all. All right. What do you got? What do you what do you got for your third and final book? I'm gonna hold this book up and y'all are gonna say, God damn it, there she goes again with this book. And you know uh-huh. what? I am not sorry about it. Yes, you it's Coco? Cleopatra and Frankenstein, okay? It's on the list. I saw it. I was like, she's she better. It's on a list for saying list. I sent you. Oh my God. <laughs> So let me explain why I'm saying this is sad girl. So Cleo is a very sad young woman. She lost her mother and her father got remarried. The the stepmom, the father's wife really is a horrible person, but also her father is a horrible person. And I don't, it doesn't seem like anyone ever really helped Cleo to deal with the loss of her mother. And so she ended up, you know, leaving her family and she's been carrying around all this grief and she's really um, fallen under the weight of this grief and, and this depression. And she's in a place in her life where, you know, she wants to be an artist. She's trying to be an artist and things aren't really going her way. And she meets this man, Frank, and they get married and it allows her to stay in the United States. And, Mm -hmm she loves him and I think that she thinks that what they have is good and it does present to be good in the beginning but because of the fact that Frank is also um, dealing with things from his childhood that he never um, found healing for he's got his own set of issues uh, one of which is like real alcoholism and also he has this uh, advertising business that's really really doing well so he's constantly at work he's not around they're never together and so not only is she just alone in general in her grief but she's also alone now in her marriage when she thought she would actually have like a real life partner so she's grieving she's lonely she's depressed she's very confused and uncertain about her career as an artist and as a matter of fact when she gets married now she's creating less art and Aww. everything for her everything for her is just spiraling out of control so quickly and she makes some pretty damning mistakes in this book that were they were awful so that's what i'm gonna say about that because i don't want to spoil other things that happen with her but she's definitely sad girl i do need to read that i do you know i have it now i can read mm-hmm. it like I yeah yeah um i still haven't figured out what i'm reading in may because i like this vacation is throwing me off because it's like i want to read this and then i want to read that and i don't know what i want to read all the things ah and i can't bring all the books to the dominican with me no you can't Uh, no you can't so anyway so my final book might be a little off the wall so um han kang's vegetarian Mm. so this book is phenomenal we've talked about this before and you all Mm -hmm. need to read it it is also strange and weird and i love it um and why i think this fits is because this talks so much about um psychotic breaks and uh relationships around somebody who's having a psychotic break and mental health Mm. and how we deal with mental health or not deal with it and um 
it's just, it's much more, I don't want to say clinical, but like clinical in a mm-hmm. way than say like my year of rest and relaxation is a little bit more literary, right? Like this is literary, but you really go into the character's mind when she's like freaking out and like can't smell meat and can't be around meat and like all this stuff. So basically um, uh, you have two sisters and one of them is married to this man who's sort of like a mediocre man. And one day she just like, she just kind of breaks and like, she just can't even smell meat. She can't look at meat. So she stops like eating meat. And then she stops eating like really pretty much anything at all. And this is a slow progression. And then her relationship stops. Like she can't even smell him because he like smells like meat. And like there's all kinds of other stuff that happens with the sister and her spouse. And just it's just just rapid spiral into yeah. just chaos and um, mental anguish and all this stuff. And the sister does end up in like a psych ward. And there's all kinds of interactions that then happen with her sister and her brother-in-law, her ex-husband, all these things. And it's, it's just, it makes you feel like viscerally while you're reading it. You're just like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's emotional. And I loved it. It was so good. I don't, I, I don't want to say too many things. So I don't want to spoil some of like the really impactful moments. Yes. But there's just so many things that happen as this person is just breaking and breaking and breaking before she gets to a point where anybody even does anything about it. Cause everybody's just kind of like brushing off some things in the beginning and like, almost like it's a phase she'll get out of it. And they're not picking these things up as cute yeah. clues to her breaking. And I think that that happens so often if the people around you where mm-hmm. maybe it's not as dramatic as this, um, but there's lots of little things that will change in our behavior. And when you're really close to somebody, maybe you don't see it because you're either denying it or you just don't see it because you're too close to it, yeah. the situation. But when you go back in hindsight, you're like, oh, well, there was this, that, and this and that. And these things seem mm-hmm. really innocuous. But now that I know what I know, they really weren't. They were warning signs of, you know, something else that was going on. And Again, maybe it's not as dramatic as the vegetarian is, right? But you know, it's it's like people go through things. Uh, I was I was you're talking. So basically, the vegetarian, the lady just ends up like not eating at all, and they have to like force her to eat and stuff. So like it's just this progression from like I'm not gonna eat this one thing to like whatever, and it's all related to like mental illness and stuff, and we're talking about a patient. Uh, somebody was telling me a story about a patient they had had years ago and the patient was like younger and catatonic and all this stuff. And the parents were like, Oh my God, he hasn't, you know, he's been catatonic for years and all this stuff. He's got like a peg tube. He's not eating. He's not doing anything. Apparently he doesn't move. He just stares at the ceiling. And apparently he was like, totally not catatonic. So, huh? Like they, so he, he was just messing with his parents. Like something had happened to him Whoa. in college. And he had like, like these things happen. That's my point. It's like these things happen. They're, they're not happening every day, but this level of, of, of wait break a minute, continue happened. the story. He was just, oh. <laughs> so apparently like while he was staying in the hospital, cause he was there for a while, all these things kept happening. Like the mother would be like, he hasn't gone to the bathroom in days. He hasn't had a bowel movement, yada, yada, yada. And they would check him everywhere, you know, scan him, CT, whatever, look him. There's no poop in this man. And then they realized that he's been getting up and going to the bathroom. Um, 
he took his feeding tube out like his of his belly and like hid it in the room somewhere and they were looking for it and but like so the the people in the hospital were aware after a while of him staying there that he was in some way shape or form messing with his parents oh my gosh but his parents were fully convinced that he was 100 percent catatonic what in the world and it just made me think of the freaking vegetarian because this lady is just she's just she has had this psychotic break and like she is going down this thing and like if people do break like this like something happened to him in whatever like his college years and then from that point forward this is what he was and for some reason and i don't know if when he came i mean i don't i don't know it's not my patient i have no idea this is like an old story but like he i don't know if like when he was awake and i don't know if he did it in front of anybody like was he like you and me normal talking to each other or was he still like was he just so messed up but he did he wasn't actually catatonic. Like he right. would do it. Like it, I have so many questions. <laughs> That's nuts. But there's okay. people that have yeah. these breaks where they just absolutely a hundred percent, they mentally just break. And yeah. <laughs> Definitely wow. like high level sad girl. That yeah. <laughs> I am uh, saving the vegetarian to read in August for woman in translation month. So I am yeah. very excited to dig into that. It's really good. Uh, Human X is also very good. You can probably read, do what I did last year and read mm-hmm. all three. Um, yeah. And the white book sort of all together because they're very short. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think we had some really good sad girl lit book recs. Yeah. And we could put that like Goodreads list in the show notes if you want. Because yeah. I think that, that it's like a nice little list of stuff. And I don't think it's on there, but I did finish um, Very Cold People recently. Oh, that one's been think- talked about so much. Did you love it? I don't know if I loved it, but I really liked it. Okay. Um, it could have been a little longer. could have dug in in a few places, but it was definitely very interesting and I liked it. Um, I don't have anything really truly negative to say about it. I just, I didn't, didn't like knock it out of the park, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was, I, I, I like books like that. So like, you know, our, that's definitely could fall into sad girl, I think, because there's a lot of stuff that's going on there. There's a lot of introspection and like realizing that the world isn't exactly what you thought it was and that everybody has these secrets and there's traumas and there's all kinds of things going on behind closed doors so so here's what i want to say because i'm I'm just now realizing something so i my three all the girls are white (laughs) so i'm realizing I don't think there's much sad girl lit where the sad girl is a woman of color. I don't think so. And that's probably because like in real life, we don't, we're not like afforded um, the space or the freedom to just Be be sad. And so most of the books that I have where there's like a sad black girl, it is very much attached to some kind of a racial trauma. Mm-hmm. Not just sad because she's sad. And that goes back to like what I say all the time. Like, just give me a book where the characters are black, but like, it's just regular, like everyday life. Don't well, always regular, give me. sad black girls. Right. Don't always <laughs> give me this trauma filled story. Um, so if anyone, if anyone has any sad girl lit book recommendations where the sad girl is a woman of color and her sadness is not tied oh, to. Racism. 
a racial trauma, please uh, DM us on uh, Instagram at TBR Lowdown or leave a comment on our website for this episode. We would love to know because I'd be very curious to see what's out there. But my my suspicions tell me it ain't much or it's none. Just looking at this list here, there are a few Asian authors in the mix. But yeah, mostly it's just white people. Um, Honey Girl is on this, which I guess I can see. But it feels a slight stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. Honey Girl made me cry my fucking eyes out. So maybe... <laughs> yeah that being said if you don't know we do have a bookshop.org shop uh we've got several book lists on there we also have a list on there uh, because at the end of every show we give you two book recommendations so there's a list there's a there's a list solely for that on our bookshop page and uh based off of today's episode uh we will create a sad girl lit uh list as well so yeah um you can get to that link from our website tbrlowdown.com the only other thing in here would be uh catherine house by elizabeth thomas but i don't know if i would, I would categorize this as sad girl house if i'm just looking at like the one list i found it's not definitive obviously but i don't know if i would classify that as sad girl i think that's oh i thought that was uh something else completely that's like dark academia and i don't know yeah. i just i i mean i guess maybe it could be sad girl but I, I don't know that one just doesn't feel like 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 honey girl it just doesn't feel like it fits in what my understanding maybe i just have maybe there's a diff maybe let us know also what you think of when you hear sad girl at too yeah because, because it could be yeah. that they're thinking that it's just something that made them feel sad when reading it yeah and, and versus where you're saying you're talking about the actual character being a sad girl not just you mm -hmm. feeling sad from what you read so that may be the distinction there as to how people are labeling yeah. sad girl books i mean i don't know I, I don't know if these things have like official definitions you know so like, um, we just make shit up yeah we as, mean, everything we, is as made in up. the the collective of of readers out there we just everything make stuff up. is made yeah. up the whole world is made up the world is, uh, are we even real i don't know i don't know um, i don't know but anyway, what do you got for a book recommendation? Oh, Naomi? my goodness. I have a wonderful debut novel. Thank you, Kanaf, for sending me this book. It is called Groundskeeping by Lee Cole. Mr. Lee Cole, I don't know you, but I love you. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you, but I love you. This was an outstanding debut novel. So we're following a young man. His name is Owen. And Owen is an aspiring writer and mm -hmm. things are going so well for him. So he moves back to Kentucky to live with his grandfather and his uncle who are both Trump supporters. <laughs> so it gets interesting. So uh, he takes a job as a groundskeeper at a local community college in exchange for being able to enroll in this writing class. And while he's there, he meets this wonderful woman. Her name is, what is her name? Her name is... Alma, her name is Alma. Now Alma is an actual writer in residence. You know, she's got some works that have already been published. She has an Ivy League education. She comes from a very liberal uh, Bosnian immigrant family. And so she's a total opposite of Owen. And as they begin to know one another, you know, 
they have feelings for one another. She's dating someone else that's also in this cohort of writers. So that gets a little dicey, but they end up figuring it out and they begin a relationship together. And it really is very sweet. She adores him. He adores her. But his feeling that he's not where he should be in his life, you know, he's kind of wasted his earlier 20s, just kind of dicking around and he's really trying to get it together now. But there is an insecurity of in him. Like I'm living with my grandfather and my uncle, you know, I don't have anything of my own. I'm not making a lot of money as a groundskeeper, but I really want to make something of myself, but I kind of can't get out of my own way of not feeling worthy enough. That mm-hmm. kind of gets in the way of him and Alma, especially when, he eventually meets uh, her family. You know, it's a very different relationship than he has with his family. Her parents, again, like they're very liberal. They're very loving. Um, they're they're pretty well off. You know, they have not had the struggle as, as Leah's had to do. And so they're, it's almost like, it's not that he's embarrassed per se. It did feel like there's like a tinge of jealousy there when he's looking at Alma and her family and what they have and her position. And so Alma also is dealing with learning little by little of what Lee, what what Owen has done in his life, trying Mm -hmm. drugs, hanging out with the wrong crowd because she did not grow up that way. So they're both kind of looking at each other with skepticism as to what their lives could be like if they carry on this relationship with one another. And that is constantly getting in the way of their potential as a couple as much as they love each other. And so that's all I'm going to say because I think anything else would be giving away much of the story, but I thought it was beautifully written. I loved Owen. I love Alma and I love the grandfather that uncle. uh, He is your, you know, your typical, you know, uh, conspiracy loving Trump supporter that you see on TV. They, he very much nailed that role in this book, but I kind of devoured this story, Groundskeeping by Lee Cole. Is that out? That when did that come out? This either came out this month or in April. Okay. It's but wonderful. It's mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, and I can't remember if I've ever talked about this, but we're going to do it again. Um, if that's the case, and that's Lakewood by Megan Giddings. I want to say Gideon. Gideon. I think you have one time. Um, and what I hate is that on the front it says reminiscent of Jordan Peele's terrifying film Get Out. I think everyone's tired of of that comparison. Um, but what this is is a thriller that is set uh, around the idea of. Um, or around the fact that we have a history in this country of experimenting on black bodies. So it's this town that where all these black bodies are being experimented on and your character is kind of waking up to realizing what her reality really is Mm -hmm. and the world around her. And it is like haunting and terrifying and like you know in um what was that Alyssa Cole book oh when no one is watching there we go you know mm-hmm. like when she go the character keeps going by the old hospital yes. and there's that guy it feels like the author took that moment and made a book about it mm-hmm. and 
without making an allusion to it, it digs into it. And I think that it is both like an excellent thriller and like haunting and unsettling while also being informative and shedding light on something that we just don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when I was reading this, we were talking about, you know, getting vaccinated and all of that. And there is, you know, when you have this history of experimenting on minorities and medically treating them very differently. Yeah. When you understand that, you can then understand why some people have hesitancy around new experimental things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because nobody wants to be the guinea pig. And that should, when you have that kind of knowledge, it should help you change the way that you talk to people, the way that you educate people, the way that you inform people about things like getting vaccinated for, yeah. you know, for a disease. Um, instead of just being mad at people, it's it's understanding maybe why there's hesitancy. Why are you, why are you not wanting to mm-hmm. trust something that somebody else feels should be trustworthy? Absolutely. Well, now you have like... We can write thrillers about it. So like, it's, yep. but really good. Not enough, enough people, I think, talk about it. And I would yeah. really like to see more about of, more of her writers, writing her writers. I want to see more of her writers, her little room of writers. Now. I want to see more <laughs> of her writing. This is a debut. I'd love to see what else she comes out with next. And yeah, I wish, I just wish more people would talk about it on the, on the, the bookstagram. So yeah. Good one. It's interesting. I love it. Yeah. Well, this was a really um a good show. I a really good show. A what was that? Really good show. What is that from? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Give us give us your recommendations and um yeah, we we yes, give us all the things. Give us any sad girl lit recommendations if the sad girl is a woman of color. I would love that. Um, and, uh, let us know if you've read any of the books we talked about today, or if you plan to read any of them. Yes. Yeah. That's and it. And leave a review. Leave a review. Reviews, and yes. reviews will help us get boosted up in, in all the algorithms and things. Yes. Please leave a review. We get, we often get DMs or comments like, oh, I, we love the show. I love the show. We would really appreciate a review. It would help us out so much. Yes. Like so a, much. Like, on the the iTunes or the iHeartRadio or the whatever. Yes. Wherever you are. Yes, the spot. Wherever you listen to us, please leave a review. Although, I sometimes I hear people say, just go to leave a review on, on Apple. I don't really understand how all that works. Like, they're saying, like, it only matters if it's on Apple. I don't know. I just say, wherever you listen, leave a, leave a review. I mean, I listen to most of my podcasts on Apple, so. Oh, you do? I don't. I'm a Stitcher girl. Yeah. Yeah, you send me things on Stitcher, and I'm like, I can't access this. Yeah, I'm a Stitcher girl. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) thanks for tuning in. We got to go, folks. Bye. Bye. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at tbrlowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time.